Hey, it's Kathy. I'm just hopping in real quick to tell you that the doors are closing to the Abundance Method program today. That's right. May 16th, four o'clock Pacific time, we close the doors to this program. And I'm so excited to watch you change your life. I'm so excited to see what happens when you tap into the energy that is within you and you start to attract so much into your life and there's incredible synchronicity and you start to perceive what was always here in plain sight and that which was hidden becomes revealed. If you want to join us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. And remember, those of you who sign up for the Platinum, you get the retreat included. It's going to be an incredible retreat. It's a three-day experience. You can choose between July or October and the July is definitely filling up. So come on in and join us. Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life. Okay, this is what I want. I'm going after it and I'm gonna be vulnerable enough to make space for it. Here we go. If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't wanna just go to work, I wanna do my life's work, this is the show. This is the show, don't keep your day job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Life is too short not to wake up every day excited. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools that you can start to take some real action week after week so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. 2018, this is going to be your year. Thanks to Liquid IV for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Liquid IV is a non-GMO electrolyte drink mix and can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. Get 20% off liquid-iv.com when you use my code DREAMJOB at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Thanks to Ritual for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins because Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. With Ritual, I know exactly what I'm putting in my body and I know I'm doing something healthy for myself every day, even on my least healthy days. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash dream job. Thanks to Latote for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With Latote, you can rent unlimited fashion, just wear, return, and discover fashion that fits you better. It's going to take the stress out of getting dressed. Go to latote.com, that's L-E-T-O-T-E.com to get started and enter promo code DREAMJOB at checkout to get 50% off your first month. Again, that's latote.com and enter your code, which is DREAMJOB. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Skillshare is offering Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Today's episode is super awesome because we don't have just one, but two, two amazing guests. And I'm going to tell you about them in a second. You are going to love them. Okay, here's a question. Do you want to start your own podcast? Because I get so many people coming up to me and saying, how do I start a podcast? And what kind of equipment do I need? And how do I record someone if they're not local? Or what do I do if I have this idea, but I'm not sure how to flesh that out? And it's like, wow, yes, 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 you should have your own podcast. So 
Have you ever thought of having your own podcast? Have you ever been listening and saying, I can do this. I have something I'm really passionate about. I have something I want to say because believe me, there is room for you. There's room for you to express what it is that you feel passionate about. There's room for you. And it doesn't mean you have to be an expert at something. It just means that if this is something that you are curious about and you want to talk about it and you want to share why this thing lights you up or you want to interview people about a certain topic or you just are a really big fan of vegan food or Bruce Springsteen or decorating. It's amazing how um, you're going to find a tribe of people who are excited and even more excited listening to you talk about it if you're really interested in that thing. So I'm doing something really cool. I'm going to start a course in July to teach you guys how to create a podcast. And by the end of the course, you're going to have created a podcast if that's what you want. And it's going to be up and running and people are going to be able to go and click and subscribe and listen to it. So I've created an entire plan of how to get you from A to Z and how to help you not only understand technically how do you upload things and how do you get the right equipment and what microphone do you need and how do you record people, but also how do you get guests on your show? I'm creating an entire course. If you want to be notified when the course comes out, go to um, the show notes on iTunes or the show notes at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and um, you'll find a link there and just let us know that you want to be in touch and we'll we'll definitely keep you in the loop when the when the course is ready to go. In the meantime, when you click on that link and you sign up to be notified about the course, you're also going to get this awesome cheat sheet that has so much good information on how to create a podcast. I love hearing everybody's views and opinions. So I think everybody probably has a podcast in them and I'm excited about it. So stay tuned for more information about how to create your own podcast course, which I'll be creating, which will be launching in July. All right, before we jump into this interview, let's just say thanks to one of our sponsors. So I'm the type of person who's always on the go, whether it's pick up my kids, go to a meeting, and I just really don't remember to stay hydrated. I drink like a glass of coffee in the morning and then like that's it. And I wonder why I'm feeling like dizzy and exhausted. But I use liquid IV and it's just so interesting. Like I automatically like what a concept. Like I was high, my body was hydrated and I just had so much more energy. I wasn't as tired. Liquid IV is a non-GMO electrolyte drink mix that can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. It contains five essential vitamins, including more vitamins see than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. I love Liquid IV and I know you will too. So right now my listeners get 20% off liquid-iv.com when you use my code dreamjob at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Go to liquid-iv.com and enter my code dreamjob to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquid-iv.com promo code dreamjob. Don't wait, get hydrated today. Okay. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guests. They are Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon, business besties who run the super amazing Being Boss Empire. Their Being Boss podcast is a top-ranking show where they share their combined expertise with other creative entrepreneurs and offer practical business advice sprinkled with inspiring tips for just living a life that's full of goodness and wellness. Also, they were so generous to have me on their show. So after you listen to this, you can go check out all of their incredible episodes, including the episode where they interviewed me. Everything they're doing is super inspiring. I I think that you are going to love them. They also each run their own businesses. Emily is the founder of Indie Shopography, a design and strategy studio for creative small business owners. And Kathleen is the founder of Braid Creative and Consulting, a boutique branding agency that has helped thousands of creative entrepreneurs. But together, they've created this unbelievable Being Boss community which offers a huge well of resources and tips that I think would definitely be helpful to you guys. They've been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine, Refinery29, and the list goes on and on. 
And they also wrote a book. Um, it's called Being Boss, Take Control of Your Work and Live Life on Your Own Terms. The advice and empowerment in this book is just no words can describe it, but don't worry because we're going to dive into all of that as much as we can today. So without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kathleen. I am so excited. Every time I think about the two of you, listen to the two of you or spend time with the two of you, I just feel like... I feel light, free, smarter, more of a badass. Um, it's all good things. So I want to welcome Emily and Kathleen. They're amazing. They have a podcast. They have a book. They have tons of resources, courses. What do they not do? Why don't you both just introduce yourself for a minute and tell us who the heck you are, what your favorite thing is that you're working on right now, what the thing is that you're most proud of, and what is your favorite snack? Why don't you just each tell us that? Okay, well, I will begin. This is Kathleen. <laughs> My favorite snack is a bowl of oatmeal. I love how you started with a snack. I know. Yeah. Like that should tell everyone everything they need to know about <laughs> right. Kathleen. Well, uh, lately I'm really into um, those seaweed snacks. Oh, they're so good. So good. And I feel like I'm doing good things for my body eating them. And it's just, I love them. Same. So my name, my name is Kathleen Shannon and I co-founded and co-owned Braid Creative and Consulting, which is a branding agency. We started out, we've been working in business for seven years. I own it with my sister and we just brought on a third partner and we started really developing and diving into personal branding for other creatives. And it's something I'm incredibly passionate about, blending more of who you are into the work that you do. And that kind of authenticity and and bringing that into your work drives every single thing that I do. And so that's what I do professionally alongside co-hosting the Being Boss podcast with Emily here. So awesome. And you guys have been doing an amazing job of it. And Emily, when you start, why don't you just tell us within your answer, sprinkle in, like, who have some of those guests been that you've had on your show besides me? Like, who are some of the fancy people that you've had on? Because you've kind of, like, covered the gamut. Tell us who you are, Yeah, Emily. We've talked to some amazing people. I'm Emily Thompson, also co-host of the Being Boss podcast. Um, We have talked to some amazing people in the creative and entrepreneur world, like um, Marie Forleo, David Heinemeyer Hansen, who was super cool. Brene Brown has been on the show, which was was like a moment for Kathleen and I That's for big, sure. Big time. Big time. Um, and so inspiring. So we've we've talked to a lot of really big names, but we've also talked to, you know, working creatives, creatives who are just in it, doing the work they love and trying to make money doing it. And all of those conversations across the spectrum are always so inspiring to Kathleen and I for sure. It really drives, you know, what it is that we're here doing. Um, and we love doing it a ton. I don't see an end in the near future by any means because like those conversations super, super drive us forward. I am the co-founder of Almanac Supply Company, which is a new endeavor where I'm curating goods for nature lovers. So we're doing a little bit of making. We do um, candles in-house, but we're also doing some sourcing around um, crystals and garden goods and books and those sorts of things and curating this really fantastic brand for people who want to live more closely with nature, which is super inspiring. But I think the thing that I'm working on at the moment that I'm most excited about is a Being Boss project that we do every year, and we call it Being Boss New Orleans, 
where we take bosses who are listeners of our podcast to New Orleans for a weekend of a bit of business learning. So it's still a good tax write-off, but also a lot of fun and celebrating the hard work that we all do. So I'm in the middle of like sourcing venues and about to start planning swag bags. And it's the favorite thing that we do for sure. Uh, So fun. I want to say something about that in a second. But first, please tell me what your favorite snack is. Oh, and my favorite snack. I think just dark chocolate. Oh, all day. Any form or shape. Yeah, (laughs) more sexy, classy. Um, (laughs) So we're going to dive into this book that you guys spent so much time. You poured your heart and soul. There's so many great pieces of wisdom that people need to hear. So we're going to dive into that. Before we do, one thing I just want to say, every time I'm around the two of you, I'm so inspired by how you can create and craft a life that you absolutely love and just play and make things up and make an amazing living taking care of your soul and showing up to contribute in the world, the stuff that's really your stuff. One of the biggest things I take away from the two of you is how empowering it is to be a creative human being and to unabashedly, unapologetically say, this is me. This is who I am in the world. And I refuse to make a living doing things that don't light up my soul. And I'm going to not only find a way to do it, then I'm going to inspire other people to take all the things they love and do those things. So I oh, want to applaud you I love you that you that. say that. And it's so funny being on podcasts like yours, which are really inspiring. And we're sharing our highlights, right? And we're taking all the best stuff that we've done and packaging it up and saying, look at what we've made and what we've created. But truly, it has happened one curious step at a time. It, the vacation, for example, it was we want to go on vacation. And hey, what would it be like if we opened up that vacation and invited some of our listeners? We were expecting maybe like five or six. And then 75 people later, we had to put a cap on it. You know, and just have like... (laughs) But it really is one of those things that starts one small thing at a time. And I think every journey starts that way where you just have to follow your curiosity. And I'm saying this for your listeners too, because even I can become overwhelmed by someone else's grand story yes. and by someone else's grand highlight reel without realizing that they were probably just following their curiosity too. Yeah. And I just want to even throw in here too, the Being Boss Vacation, the first one we did was actually the second time that Kathleen and I tried to do an event together. I love what you guys are saying. We're going to keep going in a minute, but first a quick ad break. So I've tried taking other vitamins before, but they just weren't doing the job. And now I take Ritual. Their vitamin essential for women has the nine essential ingredients women need most. And Ritual does these nine ingredients really well. Ritual doesn't include the nutrients you already get from your regular diet. So their vitamin only includes high quality forms of the nutrients women actually need. The vitamins are clean, totally vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and Ritual is made without synthetic fillers or colorants. I think it's really cool to know that like, even if I'm not going to be totally on my game, you know, eating the best that I can possibly eat, at least I'm doing this and it makes me feel like I'm getting what I need. My immunity just like feels better and I'm not going to be susceptible to getting sick maybe as often. You can trace all their ingredient sources on a map on their website and you can read about what each nutrient does 
does for your body. And based on the clinical research that backs it up, go ahead. You can ask questions and read labels. Ritual was made by skeptics for skeptics. With Ritual, I know exactly what I'm putting in my body and I know I'm doing something healthy for myself every day, even on my least healthy days. If you're ready to invest in your health, you can do what I did and go to ritual.com slash dream job. You can consider Ritual your health 401k. The best day to start taking vitamins was yesterday, but the second best day is today. So go to ritual.com slash dream job and try Ritual now risk-free. All right. So now we're going to dive into this book, which I had the pleasure to have a little bit before it came out, this advanced copy. First of all, inside the book, it says something that's pretty big. It says 70% of American workers dislike their job and work has the overall largest effect on your mood. Fewer than one in three Americans are very happy. So... Let's talk about that for a second. And I imagine since it's right there at the beginning, is this why you wrote this book? And if so, why is this so important to you? What do you want to say about this? I love this. So I don't know if it's so much why we wrote this book. Whenever that feels a little grand in a lot of ways in terms of why we wrote the book. We <laughs> wrote the to book save the planet, save those 70%. Right? That's all. Like, no small thing. We wrote this book for definitely like our creative entrepreneur crowd, but we had like five people in mind, like legit five people that we were writing this book for. But I will say that those stats are why I am here. For me, you know, I grew up in a household that people worked very, very hard, but not at jobs they liked very much. And I, it always confused me a ton. And so whenever it came time for me specifically to figure out what I want to do with my life, I had, you know, many choices as I'm very grateful that I have, but none of them were exciting (laughs) at all, except for me employing myself and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. That was so non-traditional that it scared the living crap out of everyone around me. Yeah, totally. Um, But I could not go into a field that did not fulfill me um, because I didn't want to be not like my parents in a bad way, but in a real way of I wanted to come home every day feeling fulfilled by the work that I did. So um, so that's why those stats are in there. Like that is fact. I think we see it everywhere we go. Um, people who are doing work that they don't enjoy and it makes them not very nice people. You can think of, you know, the last time you were at a convenience store or the, the, the doctor's yeah. office or wherever and someone was super disgruntled even though they were at a job that they chose. And I think about that in terms of how much better the world would be if everyone was doing work they enjoyed. Simply. I mean, driving down the road would be a much more pleasant experience, I imagine, or standing in the line at the grocery store or just basic life things would be significantly better if more people actually enjoyed the work that they do. Well, I just think about the progress and innovation and art and creativity that is stuck behind a cubicle, right? Mm. I can't help but think every single day, what if everybody was doing what they were curious about? Or you know, a lot of people don't know what their passion is, right? But if they could have the time and space and resources and money to follow their curiosity, we would have so much art and innovation and progress in all the fields, not just art and creativity, but in science and technology as well. So that's the thing that really drives me there. And I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my family story is that you go to a day job, 
We value benefits and pensions and 401ks more than anything else. And you're kind of like taken care of, right? And that's really nice. And my parents weren't necessarily unhappy working their day jobs. I think that they're the kind of people that could find happiness wherever they are and kind of knew what they were working for. And so that was fine, which in some ways made it even harder to break the mold and say, what would it look like to do this on my own? What could that look like? And it's something I'm having to really redefine every single day. And that's what this book was born out of is what does it mean for us to be boss and figuring it out as we go as some of the first in our families and even amongst our friends to do this. And we became business besties is the term that we call it because we felt so lonely in the journey. Like we didn't have a whole bunch of friends or family who had done this before us. We weren't surrounded by other creatives who were trying to make a living doing what they love. So Emily and I were hopping on Skype, you know, a couple times a month, and we started getting really vulnerable in our conversations, but also really tactical and practical. And we started sharing numbers and we started sharing our struggles and we started sharing our strategies for what was working and what wasn't working and giving each other ideas and just like openly and freely sharing our gifts of knowledge with each other, but at the same time blogging and then podcasting to share it with the rest of the world. My whole body was like on fire when you were both talking because everything inside of me feels like every word that you both just said is like, that's true. That's true. That's my truth. That's how I feel. Um, In the book, in the introduction, um, in the byline, you say being boss isn't just a way of working. It's a way of life. What does that mean to you? Yeah, being boss for us is really blending who we are into the work that we do. So our personal experience, our personalities, what we love, what we don't love, all of that is informing how we work and what it is that we want to be doing all day. It's also about really creating a life that our work supports. So having the freedom and flexibility to, for example, Emily homeschools her kiddo. And I don't homeschool my kiddo, but having the flexibility and freedom to feel like I can grow a family without having to choose between work and career. And so for me, you know, that's just one example of the blend. But I think for me, like it really came to fruition whenever I was working a day job and I wanted to go to Mount Everest. I wanted to trek through the Himalayas and see that mountain for myself and have adventures. But whenever you only have two weeks of paid time off and maybe three of those 10 days are spent being sick, Like there's just not enough time to get to the other side of the world. And so for me, it's also wanting to create a life of adventure. And one of my favorite things to do is every year I make a list of 100 things that I want to do or experience or create or try or eat or bake. It can be a list of really grand things or really little things. And I think that creating a boss life is really feeling like, okay, I could achieve any of these. And I can definitely see a parallel trajectory where maybe I'm working a day job or feel more limited by circumstances where I wouldn't think I even had the option to pursue those things. Makes so much sense. So, so true. I feel like people push off all of these delights, all these things that sort of wake them up every day. And they're like, well, when I retire, I'm going to do all of these things and I'm going to be in my 70s and I'm not going to have any like the energy I have now. And, you know, that's just like an interesting way to live. 
Right. And not only that, but the adventures that you take in the life that you live, you can bring that back to your work and craft your offerings or your products to really reflect those experiences as well. And so everything really can blend together in a really beautiful and fulfilling way. Now, that's not to say that there aren't struggles with that because sometimes boundaries can get blurred. And that's why we have a whole chapter on boundaries is really figuring out how to have some sort of um, balance or separation amongst the blend. We're totally going to go there. So as we're moving through the book, um, you talk about what it means to be boss. And you say being boss is owning who you are, knowing what you want, and actually making it happen. That last part is the part that not everybody has the courage or the strength or the stamina to do. What do you want to say about that? Well, I think everyone has the courage, the strength, and the stamina to do it, if they so choose, for sure. So yes, I mean, you can't just claim to be a boss and you're a boss. I don't think that's how it works. Um, I think you have to prove it to yourself. And it's not to anyone else. It's to yourself. You have to get there. It's It's a destination and a journey for sure. So you don't just come out of the womb a boss or you don't graduate college. Uh, some people do. A boss. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen thinks she may have, for no, sure. No, I think you may have. <laughs> I think you I were born into that. this world a boss. Maybe so. Maybe maybe it is delegated to some people earlier than others. But the whole idea of that is that there's it's threefold. It's you can define for yourself who you are. And what that means is that you're breaking all expectations that are put upon you. And that's that's something that I feel like is talked about significantly more now than ever before. And I totally welcome that conversation. I think society and family and, you know, even ourselves or um, or media put expectations on each of us. And I think a boss knows how to look through all of those and really into themselves and who it is that they want to be. So a boss knows who it is that they are. They also know what it is that they want. And that's defined, I think, by who they are and releasing all of those expectations and getting so clear on what it is that you are here to do, what it is that you're here to work for, that you can that you can start making it happen, which is that last piece where you see the thing you want and you you're gonna take the steps to get there. And that is the hardest part. As if like defining who you are and what you want is difficult (laughs) enough, you also have to get there. And that's the work that we talk about all the time. You know, do the work, be bosses, how we end all of our podcasts, because you have to do the work um, to get there. And someone who can show up and do that work, um, all three of those pieces are the people that we see as being boss. They're the people who who own it and who work for it and who achieve it. Um, and it's not easy. It's not always fun, but it is always worth it. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So two things I want to tease out of this and we can go back and forth. So one thing that is extremely hard for everybody to do on some level is to own it because everyone has this imposter syndrome. Everyone has this feeling of inadequacy. So what is your best advice around enough apologizing? Own it. Own it. 
Yeah, as Emily was talking about knowing what you want and really stripping your identity away from like what society has told you that you are, right? I I was thinking about like just really tactical steps I've done to make this happen. And the first is list making magic. Like you don't have to get real deep. You just have to make a list. And so I've already told you like what my list is of 100 things. And it can be as easy as that. Like sometimes doing the work is really just identifying what you want. And then you can kind of just let the universe have your back if you believe in that. Or you can take that big ass goal Make space for it. So one of my favorite tools and tactics for this is the chalkboard method. And I learned this from one of my executive coaches. His name is Jay Pryor. And he was like, you've got to make space for what you want. So get clear about what it is. If you can see it, it's yours. My friend Tammy Fald says vision pulls. So really being able to see what you want and getting specific, like being able to visualize it with all of your senses or not. It might be as simple as making a list, but then making space for it. And so for me, this is drawing empty lines on my chalkboard wall. And there's a vulnerability to saying, I want something and I don't have it yet, but I have made space for it. Yeah. And then redefining who you are to say, and I'm the kind of person who can make this happen yeah. either step by step or invite this into my life with a windfall or an opportunity that is presented. But I think it really is opening up that space, quite literally for me, by making a list and drawing lines on my chalkboard wall and then doing the work. So doing the work also for me looks like sending out an email or even just looking somebody in the eye. Earlier today, I was taking a walk and listening to your podcast, Kathy, and walking by so many people who were afraid to even just make eye contact. And I know that this this feels almost like a tangent or a little bit random, but it is this idea of making eye contact. Another thing that I wrote in the book with Emily was talking about turning on your taxi light. Like if you can just... Pretend as if you have a big taxi light on your head, pull that chain, shine the light. Sometimes that's all you have to do to redefine who you are and what Mm. it is that you want Mm. and to show up. Emily, do you have anything to add to that or... (laughs) I have two things to add to that. One of which is back to the list making. I think whenever you're struggling with figuring out, you know, if you have the ability to do something or who am I to, you know, show up and do this work or whatever it may be. One thing that I like to do is look at proof. It's making a list of the things that you have accomplished because everyone has accomplished something. And even if you need to go like back to grade school. To that like 1A, you got that time in in art class or whatever it may be. Make a list of accomplishments. And I think keeping that nearby, if you are the kind of person who need to revisit that often, can be really helpful because sometimes all you need to push you forward is just remembering that you've done hard things in the past. And that this is just one more on what's going to be an incredibly long and hard journey anyway. So just kind of get used to it. Um, My second one is... Hopefully, it's obvious that you should surround yourself with people who um, who are going to lift you up and who are never going to drag you down yeah. and and repeat to you the things that you may be saying in your head. So if you're like, you know, who am I to do this? You know, I can't accomplish my goals, whatever. There's anyone in your life who's saying that back to you. They should probably go (laughs) and surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you to reach your big goals and big dreams because I absolutely contribute a lot of my bossness, not even so much to myself, but the people that I surround myself with who believe in my ability to get it done. That's so, so true. I feel like Kathleen, when you said 
you know, there's a vulnerability to writing this stuff down. I think that it's hard to admit that we want things because we're afraid we're going to get disappointed. Um, I think that that is really scary. Um, as soon as you open yourself up, it's like they want to convince themselves that they don't want it because that's the biggest courage is just allowing themselves to want this thing, which might break their heart. And it's something that we, like you said, though, Emily, like it is going to be a journey and it's a, it's the soul's work anyway. It's all this obstacle course for us to just grow and live up to our potential. And the other thing is that you're right. Like what you said about listing the accomplishments, like if you're on the planet and you're listening to this and you're alive, you have crawled your way through decades. Like maybe not every decade, but there have been years where you've had to climb mountains and go through things that were so much harder than whatever this is. And you made it like you're here. Okay. So as we're moving along, one of my favorite things is in chapter two, you talk about the boss mindset and you say, being boss is believing that you've got this. So that's so important and so difficult, right? So what do you want to, what do you want to say about that? I think one of the things that we talk about a lot is if you want to go for something, if you want success, you're going to fail a lot, a whole lot along the way. I think a lot of people see success as this thing where you work towards it, you get it and you're done. Hooray. But there will be failures and failures and failures along the way. I think that a boss understands that and expects it because you should, (laughs) because it will absolutely happen. And you know that you'll work through it. Um, We talk a lot about you know, choosing your choices and trusting that even if it's the wrong choice, you'll figure it out as you go along. Or this idea of testing and changing and really shifting your mindset around going after a goal in terms of like, I'm not trying to find the one path to get there. I'm going to find all the wrong paths, which will illuminate the right right path. This idea that you will go at anything as an experiment to see if it's going to work or not, not that it will work and that it will disappoint you when it doesn't, but that it might not work and you will have more information information to help you make a better decision next time. So in that, you know, you've got this, like it's going to be hard. You're going to mess up all of those things, but you have the ability to figure it all out. Mm. So important. I, I talked to Ellen DeGeneres like six months ago and I asked her, I was like, um, what do you think is the one thing that you have in common that every successful person has? And she said, we're relentless. You're going to try everything. it's just a commitment and it's not going to matter how many paths don't work because you are unrelenting to figure it out. And I think that that's so true. And I think for some people, like we had Jenna Fisher on the um, podcast who played Pam on The Office and she has a new show and she's like, and that sometimes means like if you're really thinking that your identity and your ego is like only meant to do this one thing by doing things and really being unbridledly like in it and diving in, you have to look at where you're being led and trust that you will be led to the ways in which you're going to show up the most and serve. And so she's like, some people, they just keep hitting their head against the wall. Like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. And like, they're really meant to be a writer or a director. But like, that might be the second and third path. But that might be something that like, if you're really in it for this bigger picture of like, I want to really figure out how I show up the best in this world doing stuff that I love, that's going to mean, you know, being willing to roll up your sleeves and just really try. Like you guys have just tried so many different things. And instead of like waiting for someone to walk through your door, both of you are constantly thinking, what's the next thing I can create? What's the next thing I can build? What's the next? What's the next? What's the next? Which is definitely not what everybody's doing. 
right? Yeah, and we're not waiting for anyone's permission. And this is something that really resonated with your episode with Jenna Fisher is that she wanted to do this thing and make this thing. So she just started doing it herself. And I think that if you can start practicing creating the thing that you want. So I keep bringing up this idea that I want a television show. (laughs) I bring it, I'm talking about it constantly. And I think that's also part of it is like the vulnerability of saying, I want being boss to be a television show. And so I I can create a YouTube channel now. Like there is nothing stopping me from creating a show right now. And so then it is taking this big ass goal, breaking it down step by step, which means make an outline, record myself saying something, edit it together, hit publish. And you all, it's as easy as that. And so that's what I loved about Jenna's episode is that she wasn't waiting for permission. And the other thing I want to say about that, I think it was her husband, right, that thought he wanted to be an actor and then became a writer. Okay, so let's say he made this. um, This is all projection. But let's say he made a list of 100 things that he wanted to do. And one was be in a really great movie. Well, maybe years later that manifested as him writing a really great movie and maybe it shows up and it showed up just in a different way than what he was expecting. So even recently, as we were on book tour promoting the book, we were in New York City and I was telling Emily probably a few months before we were in New York, I was like, I don't know, I just visualize us being on a stage and all I can see are bright lights shining in our eyes like this is what I'm seeing and maybe there's like camera equipment I think that we might be on a TV show. Well, we weren't on a TV show, but we did end up in ABC Studios. We recorded No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. And I remember at one point looking up and there was like all this like high tech equipment. Someone was coming in and adjusting our mic for us. And I see this bright light shining in our eyes. And it was like exactly what I had imagined whenever I was visualizing what it is that I wanted. And so it was just another example of how it didn't turn out exactly what I thought it would be. Like it wasn't the Today Show, but it was like it appeared just in a different way. It's so amazing. And everything you just said is like so delightful. And you guys, you have to listen to their podcast and you have to read their book because I'm giving you a gift by telling you to listen and read the book. Okay, before we get to some final questions, I want to thank a couple more sponsors. Thanks to Latote for supporting our podcast. Latote is so much fun, especially for me. I'm super busy and literally every single time I go into a store now, I do not have any time to try things on. And like I'm just pulling things off the rack and I'm hoping that I'm going to go home and things are going to fit or I'm going to like it. And quite often I have like a bag that's like things that I need to return and then I forget. So with Latote, things come to my door. I can try them on. I don't have to be rushed. It's not like I'm in between a meeting and I'm popping into a store or I'm with my three kids trying to shop, which is always really hard. If all that sounds like a hassle and you don't have time to try things on, this is going to make your life so much easier. You can take the stress out of getting dressed, get the right styles in your right size delivered, and when you're done, you just send it back. Latote measures pieces by brand with their fit and seamstress teams to match to universal and your specific sizing. Rent pieces that fit and send them back when you're done and repeat. With Latote, you can rent unlimited fashion. Just wear, return, and discover fashion that fits you better. It'll take the stress out of getting dressed. Go to latote.com, that's L-E-T-O-T-E.com to get started and enter promo code DREAMJOB at checkout to get 50% off your first month. Again, that's Latote.com and enter code DREAMJOB. 
Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, technology, and more. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or build your own business, Skillshare will keep you learning in 2018 and beyond. I think that Skillshare is amazing, and I think it's super cool that I can go onto Skillshare and with the click of a button, I find myself in a class learning something, whether it's content marketing, blogging, web design, even classes on productivity. It's so much fun. You can take classes in social media marketing, data science, web development, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start your side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. You get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash dreamjob. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash dreamjob to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash dreamjob. One of the things that's really essential for you guys, which is something I have to learn more about, is the idea of establishing boundaries. And I once listened to one of your podcasts and it was like all about like saying no. And there's other times where you talk about pricing and like boundaries there and also with your team, like and also with customers. Like I've heard you guys talk about that, like where you don't have to be beholden to like answering everyone's emails just because you're working on somebody's project. And when you're freelancing, that can become a barrier to entry. It's like, I want to work for myself. Wait, now all of a sudden I'm a slave to like these four clients. And I've heard you guys talk about that on your show. So let's talk about this in chapter three, you say establishing boss boundaries, being bosses, knowing when and where to draw the line. And there's so many things that we can cover about this. Why don't you just go with it, whatever, whatever aspect of it you want to talk about, because it's really important. This is so important. And I think just to like give it a broad stroke here, You know, creating boundaries is how you define your priorities and actually put things in place so that you can you can stay true to those priorities. In the book, we we give the analogy of having a walled garden where, you know, within this boundary of your garden wall, you are you have the things that are most important to you. So imagine your family and your career or, you know, your hobbies, like the things that are really important to you. And within the wall of this of this garden, you're able to go in and tend and nurture and spend time with and like really focus on just the things that are most important to you while you know the world is happening outside or you know the wall also keeps you know pests from coming in and distractions and those sorts of things so the idea is that you define what's important to you first and foremost you create boundaries around that and then in doing so, you're able to protect what's most important to you and keep out everything else. And just to give some really practical ways in which this happens, because I know that's very broad and adorable in so many ways, is think about, you know, creating work hours for yourself. Mm. And maybe it's not even work hours, maybe email hours, like hours in which you will check and answer emails and outside of those hours, maybe you'll look at it if you don't want to draw that boundary, but you won't respond. I think this is one of the hardest ones for people these days to employ for themselves. Um, But it's one that Kathleen and I put into place years ago, and it allows us to be better people in a whole lot of ways. Not only are we able to be better at our work, because whenever it is time to sit down and reply to emails, we're actually able to focus and give thoughtful and thorough replies. But outside of those hours, we're actually able to spend real time with our family and friends or with ourselves because we've created a boundary that protects both inside and outside. So important. Of that space 
how it is that we're going to show up in the world. Yep. I love thinking about boundaries in terms of fear of missing out because I want to create all the things and I want to do all of the things, but I have chosen to plant rosemary and basil in my garden and I'm going to do <laughs> rosemary and basil the best. I'm not going to worry about someone else's flowers that look pretty over here or someone else's veggie garden because apparently vine borers love my garden. Like I'm just going to focus on rosemary and basil. So that's like a metaphor for me of really just committing to what it is that I'm wanting to create. But another thing about boundaries and one of my favorite exercises in the book that we probably need to do for ourselves, if you've ever worked a day job and if some of your listeners are still in a day job, they've probably gotten a handbook from HR that tells them what their work hours are, what they have to wear to work, certain codes of conduct, behavior, right. policies, etc. is what would your own employee handbook look like in working for yourself? And I think that this is something that you should do every single year for yourself so that if one year you want to make your work uniform, yoga pants and t-shirts, cool, do that. For me this year, my work uniform, I wanted to be more stylish. So it was investing in a wardrobe that makes me feel good. And so I think that that's another way that you can look at boundaries is really if you had to create your own employee handbook, what would that look like? And I know that boundaries can also seem really stifling for some people. Like, what's the point? I want to work for myself so that there are no boundaries. But I think that creativity can thrive within rules and parameters, but the ones that you define for yourself. Yeah, it's like oxygen. And I once posted on Instagram, like, no is a complete sentence, like with a period at the end. And of course, you can add things, but like, you don't have to apologize or have a lead in. You can just say like, no, and then let it land. Like, that doesn't work. Wow, like that's so powerful. And you know what? People will respect that. And the right people are going to stick in your life and the wrong people are going to be so, it's going to be such a blessing that they just sort of find their way to the door. So you talk about habits and routines and how being boss is a daily practice. Let's talk a little bit about that. And what do you think are some of those priorities for the daily routines? Like if you, if you had to give a couple of those. I mean, mine is definitely setting a meeting with yourself and treating it like the most important meeting of the day. Whoa, so a lot of us, huge. yeah, speaking of boundaries, so a lot of us really are great at meeting all of the deadlines for our clients or meetings or, you know, someone needs something last minute. But what if you need something last minute? Mm. What if you have meetings with yourself that are so important? And so for me, I spend my meeting with myself every single day, either working out or going for a really long walk, or sitting down and doing some yoga nidra for 30 minutes. It can look like a lot of different things, but it's happening every single day. Wow. I've heard you say that before on the show, and I just think that's a revelation. Like, set a meeting with yourself, you know? Even if, like, I thought you were going to say, just make a list of what you need to get done that day. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Even if it's doing some yoga, like make that time. That's non-negotiable. I can't even imagine how much well-being would be in the world if everyone decided to do that. What's it for you, Emily? For me, there are many, many things. But I think for people who are creative, doing something creative every day is really important. And whether that's, you know, creative for your job or creative just for your soul, it's a hobby that you want to do or whatever. I think that's really important. I think 
so often, and I'm also super guilty of this, you know, getting into that daily grind of just, you know, hammering out the to-do list, doing, even showing up for your yoga nidra, whatever it may be, but not actually nurturing the creative fire that is within you, not showing up to, you know, pursue that, um, that creative endeavor, whatever it may be. I think, I think it's when we stop doing that, when we stop making that a priority, when we lose connection with what it is that we are probably actually here to do with our lives. Um, and again, not that it's so much the thing, but it's going to support the thing once you get there. Um, so you don't have to figure have it all figured out but you do have to show up and do some of the work yeah Uh, I love that so much and we have so many habits and processes and routines outside of setting an important meeting for yourself or even doing the most creative work every single day we have a lot of habits and routines that really support what we do and so recently I moved across the country with my family and my kiddo and husband were having a hard time adjusting and I think that we've established so many boss habits and boundaries and routines and rituals in our work and life, and I'm saying me and Emily, that I feel like I was able to really rely on some of those habits to help carry me through some really hard times. And so for me, yeah, absolutely. And so for me, that looks like a lot of kind of more self-care kind of stuff. But there's also some stuff like, okay, I know that I can rely on the fact that all of our tasks are laid out in our project management software and I know exactly what I need to do and that my calendar is cleared off for this week that I'm moving in. And then the next week, I know exactly where I need to be and when I need to be there. So like some really practical systems and tools as well go into our practice of being boss. Yeah, So the last thing I was going to ask you about as far as the book is concerned is this is something I think everybody wants and not everybody even believes it's possible. But you talk about doing the work and not just getting paid, but making it rain. How does that happen? Is it possible people can make six figures and seven figures doing great stuff that they love doing? And if so, what's the stuff that they need to think about in order to make that happen? I mean, yes, I think it's definitely possible. You can make it happen. Um, It's one of those things where I think for so long, we've always just imagined that, you know, the economy is a pie and you get a slice. (laughs) And, you know, if you are taking a bigger slice for yourself, you're taking it away from someone else. And Mm. I think that mentality has been the thing that has kept us all blocked from, you know, being able to really make a lot of money for ever perhaps but i think i think in the way the current the world currently works and you know this new economy that's forming from you know our ability to forego geographic boundaries and do business Amazing. and all around the world because of the internet and all of those things um there is unlimited potential That doesn't mean that everyone's just going to find it. Um, It means that, you know, in a lot of ways, we all have to show up and even work harder because so many more people are there working as well. But the truth is that, you know, if you can dream it and put a plan to it and take the action, um, you're going to continue getting closer and closer there. And it doesn't mean that you're taking away from anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fascinating thing. I think I know that I've seen so many people make six figures by just doing work they love doing, you know, in businesses with relatively small overheads. And it's, it's, I can't believe 
that that's taking away from anyone. And everyone listening to this has the ability to, you know, reach for that themselves. Again, it takes a whole lot of work. It's not one of those things where even you can just buy a book that has a cool blueprint in it, take the steps and then bang, you made it. Um, We all have to figure out our own path. And that's part of the journey. It's a grueling one, and it's one that uh, that isn't for the faint of heart, but I think it's totally possible. Totally. I also think that making it rain for a creative entrepreneur looks different than it might for somebody else. And I think that we're able to redefine success on our terms and define what abundance is on our terms. So... For me, that's being able to live a work and life that reflects my values mm. first and foremost. It's being able to do creative things. And I'm not saying that like creativity is the compensation. I do believe in cash money dollars and that all of us deserve and are worthy and capable of making as much as we want to make. I've just found that a lot of creative entrepreneurs don't want for a lot. They just want enough to pay their bills and to be able to do the thing that they like doing right. the most. They want fulfillment. Also, they want that feeling of being in yeah. purposeful life. It makes them feel alive. Yeah. And, you know, Emily was earlier talking about surrounding yourself with people who believe in you and who are going to lift you up. And I also believe in surrounding yourself around people who will kind of tell you that your goals are totally achievable, especially around money. So we've told some people our money goals and they're like, what? You're not making that or what? It should be no problem for you to reach that. No big deal. And so I think that that's really cool, too, and inspiring for me as to surround myself with people who have done it and who are doing it and have even bigger goals for themselves. And so I was just listening to um, Brooke Castillo's podcast this morning. I don't know if you ever listened to her, but she was talking about having a $10 million goal. No, a hundred million dollar goal. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And that'll make anyone say, oh, what? Whoa. And so she's really stretching her capacity there. I'm like, I'm good with one. I would just like one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You talk in this chapter, there's really good stuff in here. You talk about be a farmer and be a hunter. Tell us what those things mean. So I first thought of the idea around being a farmer whenever I started my business and I was thinking about money and what even is it and thinking about marketing and all of the sales and the things that just make you feel kind of icky whenever you feel like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know yeah. how to do that stuff or you're not a salesperson. You just want to be the creative, yeah, right? Totally. Yep. And so I kept thinking, okay, what is it about salespeople that I don't like? And it's that hunting, like it almost feels predatory, right? Whenever you are conflicted with that energy or confronted with that energy rather. And um, so I thought, well, what's the opposite of that? That would probably be farming. So what would it look like to plant some seeds Mm. to really know who I am and to nurture that and water that? And so for me to get really practical, that looked like creating content, creating content where I was openly sharing my gifts of knowledge, exploring what it was I wanted to be known for and putting it out into the world, like really just giving it all away for free is another mantra of mine. Like if you can just start to give it all away for free, you will start to position yourself as an expert. And for me, I see that as farming. Mm -hmm. That kind of is the thing that if you build it, they will come only to a certain extent. And recently I've been thinking about redefining then what it means to be a hunter, like taking away that ick factor, that thing that I was so shy about before and saying, okay, but what would it look like to go out 
after you know the kill <laughs> that's like such a violent horrible. imagery though right <laughs> um but what would it look like to be a hunter and for me that looks like sometimes as simple as really hashing out a sales funnel with emily or thinking about ways that we convert that you know crop that we're harvesting into like turning raving fans into loyal customers like what does that really look like that conversion so that's for me what being a farmer and being a hunter looks like and I think that your business goes in cycles and one season you might be farming another season you might be hunting another season you might be harvesting another season you might be canning I mean this metaphor could go on and on yep 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 last piece um in the book is also in the same chapter, but I think it's just important to talk about because it's a big part of our lives, um, which is creating content. I think that content is so essential. And we talked about before how instead of just sitting here and struggling and waiting and being frustrated, just create stuff, just create the next thing you can create, create. And it's amazing how like the three of us created things and put things out there consistently. And next thing you know, people are like, oh, you're such an expert. You're like, I was just interested. And next thing you know, by being consistent and creating content, doors open and opportunities arise and you're just amazed. And what do you guys want to say in terms of advice for creating content? What do you think is the best platform? Which one do you think is the thing to focus on? How would you come up with that? And what do you have to say to people who say, oh, the space is so saturated. There is no reason for me to create an Instagram page or to create a podcast because it's busy. Right? I mean, the world's big. There are lots of people on the internet. It's all busy. (laughs) Fact. But I think my biggest piece of advice is just to hit publish. And hit publish wherever you're interested in publishing. So, you know, if it's a podcast, do a podcast. If it's Instagram, do Instagram. Don't go to any platform because you feel you're supposed to. Do it because it feels right to you. I think most any content will work just fine on whichever platform it is that you choose to publish it on. And then just do it. I mean, anyone who's ever had a blog or, you know, a podcast, like no one wants to go back and listen to or read those first couple of posts like that's It's just part of the process that the first couple ones are just going to be kind of bad, especially considering where it will take you. Um, Kathleen and I you know, learn this through, you know, years of blogging that you find your voice by using your voice. Whenever Uh. it came to, whenever it came to Kathleen and I starting the podcast together, we had never created content together. Like that had never happened before. So sitting down together and, you know, making a very pointed decision to not interview anyone for the first like eight or 10 episodes of the show so that we could form this voice together and figure out what we were going to say, you know, just between the two of us was a very important part of the process because if you want to get started um, you have to get started and you will find your voice along the way it's part of the process so just hit publish wherever it is that you want to do it and your voice and your expertise all of those things will will be like massaged into you Um, but it all happens by getting started I know it's so funny because both individually we thought that maybe one day we'd write a book and we had both been blogging for almost a decade before we had started our podcast together and it wasn't until we had been podcasting for a couple of years that we got a book deal and it's funny because you would think blogging is writing and writing would lead to a book but it was actually talking that led to that goal and so I guess the point I'm trying to illustrate here is that you're not creating content to compete in a saturated market. 
you are creating content to get to know yourself and your expertise a little bit better. And at first you might be attracting 10 people, but guess what? Those 10 people are the most important to your entire career. Mm. I still am friends with some of the first 10 people who were ever reading my blog, including Emily Thompson here. So you just don't know what's going to happen. And don't discredit like small numbers because sometimes those small numbers can be even more impactful for you than a million followers would be for someone else. Oh my gosh, this was amazing. Is there anything you guys want to say in summing up as we're closing? Any advice you have? People are listening right now. They're probably feeling so excited, so inspired. Um, You've shared so many things and I feel like people are probably like, okay, I'm ready to go. Maybe one thing that you could suggest like what to focus on, like one piece of this, like what do you think would be something to go do to start? I like the idea of spending 15 minutes every day just researching or pursuing something you're interested in. And whether that's That's just getting on the Google or, you know, taking out a pen and paper or whatever it may be to just do something that interests you. 15 minutes, that's all it takes. And you never know where that's going to take you. And mine would be to create your chalkboard, to start making space for what it is that you want. And I will plug this here because you can find the totally free resource at beingboss.club slash chalkboard to learn how to create space for what it is that you want. We also included it in the book as well. But for me, this is the number one tool that has helped me really make my goals visual get them in my face. And then like there's equal parts magic to it a little bit as well that has helped me see, okay, this is what I want. I'm going after it and I'm going to be vulnerable enough to make space for it. Here we go. Mm. I love it. Every single thing. It's like, this is one of my favorite episodes. I'm so glad that we got to do this. So just tell people where they can find you, where they can find the podcast, where they can buy the book. You can find everything that Kathleen and I do for Being Boss at beingboss.club. Great. That's super easy. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being who you are. And um, you guys, you're in for a treat. If you go listen to their podcast and read their book, you're going to find two new best friends and you're in good hands. And um, I hope that you'll have an additional thing to listen to now. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for having us, Kathy. It's been fun. fun. Seriously, this was one of my absolute favorite conversations. Okay, so let's go over some of the awesome takeaways from Emily and Kathleen. Number one, follow your curiosity. Figure out what you want to do all day and what you want to be known for. Number two, being boss is creating a life that your work supports. Break through expectations, define who you are, show up and do the work. Number three, visualize your goals, make physical space for them. Number four, write a list of everything you've accomplished in your life and you'll be surprised how much you've actually already done. Number five, a boss understands and expects failure, but a boss also knows they'll figure it out and find the wrong paths to illuminate the right one. Number six, build a wall around your garden, protect what is most important to you and keep out the things you don't want. Number seven, the most important meeting of the day is your meeting with yourself. Number eight, if you can dream it, plan it and put it into action, it doesn't mean you're taking a slice from everyone else. Number nine, surround yourself with people who say your goals are achievable. Number 10, redefine what it means to be a hunter. It doesn't always have to feel icky. Number 11, find your voice by using your voice. And number 12, you're not creating content in a saturated market. You're creating content to get to know yourself better. You guys, 
I can't thank you enough for spending your time with us. I know you have a million options of what you could be doing right now and you're all super busy and it means the world to me. It's such an honor that you spend your time here. I hope that you feel supported. I hope that you know that you are a complete original and I hope that you give yourself a little credit once in a while and maybe spend an hour today just being kind to yourself, just a whole hour. And at the end of that hour, if you want to um, give yourself a hard time and allow that critical voice to come back in, that's that's your prerogative. But I just find that so often we're just forgetting to give ourselves some compassion. And if if you're here, you know, if you're listening, you've crawled your way through decades, you know, of disappointments. And I think that sometimes you don't give yourself credit for really how tremendous it is that you're here and you're a survivor. And in spite of everything, you're stepping up to bat again. And it's not always easy to allow yourself to want things. And that takes tremendous courage. And that's what makes the world so beautiful. So um, give yourself some credit for that. If you haven't already, you can join us on Facebook. We have a Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook page and a Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. And you can post there. And I check there all the time and post things there. Also on Instagram, I'm at Kathy.Heller, C-A-T-H-Y dot H-E-L-L-E-R. And I respond to all my DMs. So please stop by, say hi, and tell me what you're up to. You can send me your wins because those are honestly the highlights of my week, hearing what you guys are up to. And and if you just feel like you need some support, like I'm here to just give you... Um, some encouragement. So that's why I'm here. In fact, here's one I wanted to share from this week. I got an Instagram message from at Cami Land Design. And she said, Hi, Kathy, you changed another listener's life. Mine. It was Jonathan Adler's episode that really hit home and lit the fire under me. I've been going all in with my interior decorating and artistic ventures, gaining more clients and jobs than ever. Also, another dream came to life tonight as I launched my yoga pants collection made of painting designs. Thanks so much for the inspiration. I can't wait for more. You rock, Cami. Cami, I am so amazed and proud of you. These look so gorgeous. You guys, please go give her some support. You can find a link to her shop on Instagram at Design, K-A-M-I-L-A-N-D-D-E-S-I-G-N. It's awesome. Really awesome stuff. And I'm so impressed. I love talking about these wins. So keep them coming. Send them over to me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller or post them in our Facebook group because I want to keep giving you guys these kinds of shout outs because you deserve them. And everybody in the Facebook group is so encouraging and you're always helping each other out. And I really couldn't ask for a better community. So thanks for being so awesome. If you are curious about creating your own podcast and you want a PDF full of all these goodies on what you need in order to create a podcast, then go to the show notes on iTunes or the show notes at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and um, you'll find a link there and it'll um, allow you to sign up to be notified when the course comes out, which is going to be in July. And it'll also give you a, um, a freebie, this download, which is like a great It's a great cheat sheet full of all the tools that you need to start your own show. I'm rooting for you and I can't wait to see um, what you guys are creating, whether it's your own podcast, your own Etsy shop, your own floral design business. I just think you guys are the best. Hope you guys have a good one and I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you next week. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
Like a soldier.